Hello, hello. Welcome to the show. I'm Joy Dooling, and you are listening to the Joy of Membership podcast. This podcast is for membership leaders. So we talk about strategies for attracting, engaging, and retaining members. But that's not entirely the focus of the show, because let's be honest here, there is no shortage of advice out there on best practices in membership. What we need to talk about is how to actually make those things possible in the real world, how to be absolutely sure that growth practices are going to stick, how to make those things easier, more consistent, and even automatic in some cases. Sound good? Then stick around because we're about to jump into it. Joy Dooling here, host of the Joy Membership Podcast. Welcome to this week's episode. If you're a first-time listener, it's so nice to have you here. I hope you'll feel like you've found your new home. If you're a returning listener, thanks for coming back. We recently started doing something new for the show as part of our Season 2 approach. For each week, we're focusing on a specific care point where what you do and how you do it can make a difference in your member experience. Organizations that create exceptional experiences see members join more quickly, engage more enthusiastically, and renew without hesitation. And that's what we all want, isn't it? So this week, we're focusing on lead magnets, connecting with a prospective member, donor, sponsor, or other stakeholder with a lead magnet is part of the discovery stage. I invited special guest Alicia Mathis from Mathis Nonprofit Services to join me in this conversation about what lead magnets are, why they matter, and what to consider if you're thinking about creating a magnet for your own organization. Now, if you're listening to this episode on the day it's released or on the day after it's released, there's still time to register for the free live training that I'll be doing on this topic on Thursday. During that session, you can actually watch over my shoulder as I set up a lead magnet and all the related pieces inside of Journey Care, the member care software platform that I created and recommend to all my clients. You can sign up for that training and see the other topics that are coming up in the series by going to journeycare.com dot app slash training. That's journeycare.app, A-P-P, slash training. I'll put that link in the show notes too so that it's easy to find. But right now, it's time to jump into my chat with Alicia Mathis. Hi, Alicia. Welcome to the show. I'm so glad to have you with me here today. I'm glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, why don't we start with you sharing with the listeners who you are and who you help? Okay, well, my name's Alicia Mathis. I'm owner of Mathis Nonprofit Services, and I help passionate founders build a nonprofit where they aren't the sole funder through my Build the Nonprofit Framework. And I also help people who want to learn fundraising, how to professionally and ethically raise millions through my fundraising framework. I've been in nonprofit work as an employee contractor teacher and mentor for almost 15 years. I fell in love with fundraising work for a larger nonprofit several years ago, and I believe that 
people passionate about nonprofit work feel a calling to their work and their cause. And I'm no different. Nonprofit work connects us and gives us a deep purpose in a way that no other work can. Oh, I completely agree. And I always tell people that I'm a social worker at heart. My husband says that makes me a sucker for a good cause. (laughs) I prefer to frame it a little more positively and say that I love mission-driven organizations and powerful purpose. Sounds a little better than being a sucker for a great cause. (laughs) Well, we became connected because I had discovered an article that you had written on your blog a while back about lead magnets. And I think that lead magnets are something that a lot of organizations miss. So I was wondering if you could share a few thoughts about lead magnets and maybe we just start by defining what is a lead magnet? Okay, well, and just so you know, I use donor magnet and lead magnet interchangeably, but lead magnets can be tailored to donors. They could be tailored to the people that you serve. It can go both ways. But since I'm I'm mainly a fundraiser person, then I'm going to talk donors. But if I say donor magnet or lead magnet, I'm talking about the same thing. I've done a lesson in my fundraising membership, Nonprofit Nation, and in that lesson, I defined a lead magnet as a freebie that offers value in exchange for their contact information. So typically that's your name and email address, and it's often the easiest contact information to receive. So the most common donor magnet for a nonprofit is the sign up for a mailing list or newsletter. That is not one that I particularly like, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. But lead magnets really, they are tried and true online marketing techniques that multi-million dollar businesses use every day. And there is absolutely no reason why a nonprofit can't adapt that technique and really have a very cheap donor acquisition. Right now, because no one else is doing something other than sign up for the newsletter, you really have a competitive advantage because no one else is doing it. It's different. And I think the reason why sign up for a mailing list no longer works is because nonprofits have not been consistent. People sign up for the mailing list and they get nothing. As a matter of fact, four years ago, I signed up for a mailing list for a nonprofit and I'm still waiting on the the newsletter. <laughs> I think we've done a very disservice to the people who signed up. And so I think that's the biggest reason it doesn't work. And then we haven't been giving information that our ideal donor wanted to make it compelling. Yeah, for sure. So what sorts of things do you think do make good lead magnets? Well, you can do cheat sheets, checklists, Quizzes, everybody loves a quiz. A resource list put behind the the wall of name and, and email address, that can be really powerful. And I have found that in the conservation or the environmental nonprofits, they use petitions and letters very effectively. And so if you could get someone to sign up with their name and email address to sign a petition of an issue that is timely or If you can write a letter to 
different representatives and have it. So all they have to do is give you their name and email address and they get everything printed out, you know, either for a letter or an email. And it's just a matter of you know, very little effort on their part. They'll do that too. <laughs> Those things work. I do have some ideas of the different characteristics of a really good lead magnet. So you could tailor it to anybody. Oh, excellent. So first and foremost, it has to appeal to your ideal donor. So you have to know who that person is. And an ideal donor is simply the characteristics of the person most likely to give to you. And if you have a database, it's very easy to go in and look and see what percentage of your donors have certain characteristics. And you can go through and figure that out. So it has to appeal to them. I also want to point out that that same thing is not just relevant to donors, but it's to members, it's to sponsors, it's whoever you're trying to attract. It has to be something that's interesting to them. And one of the other things that you can think about is if there's a particular type of donor or member or sponsor that you're trying to get, what that particular type of person is going to be interested in. Because, for example, a lot of associations or trade groups are trying to attract younger professionals. So you want to think about what is someone who's just starting out in their career or just starting out in their industry, what's going to be really attractive to them versus someone who's been in the industry for a long time. Right. And if you can connect that also with your mission and what you do, you have got something really spectacular then. Absolutely. And so another characteristic is that a, a lead magnet is easily consumed. They should be very simple documents that provide valuable information. What you want the lead magnet to do is to help build the know, like, and trust. And so whenever it's something that's very easy, you're starting to build that trust. And then next, it needs to be action-driven. So it needs to be something that provides some kind of call to action. It's very clear on the benefit. And it, it needs to have some sort of noticeable improvement or a quick win something that they can do and immediately they see some kind of result from. That, again, builds trust because you've done what you said you were going to do. And, of course, it needs to be relevant. It needs to be relevant to your donor. It needs to be relevant to your mission. And it needs to solve a problem. They have some sort of problem related to your cause, and it needs to give them a quick win. And it needs to be instant. It needs to be something that you can get to them very quickly. So you'll have to set up on the back end your email flows, all the different sequences that come along with the lead magnet so that they can instantly get it in their inbox and they don't have to wait for it. And then the very last characteristic that you would really want to make sure you're incorporating is that you are positioning yourself as the expert in the field. So some of the best magnets are going to see you as the leader in solving your cause's problem. And that's going to get them in because people really want to back the winner. And so when you are seen as someone who really has a viable solution, 
people are going to see that and they're going to say, hey, this is the organization we need to back. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, showing that your organization is in the know on the industry and the topics that people are going to care about, you could do that pretty easily with a lead magnet. So are there any pitfalls that you think people should look out for as they start brainstorming lead magnets that their organization could use? Well, I think the biggest pitfall is they go with sign up for my email list or newsletter. Think outside the box. Think creatively. It's a little bit more work, but it's going to pay off in the long run. And a lot of the stuff you do at one time, it's a lot of work on the front end, but you can set it up, automate it, and you never have to think about it again. So it's very easy to continue. And then the other pitfall is make sure that you are able to continue to do what you say you're going to do. Make sure you have those systems in place on the back end. If it is a newsletter, if you have to go with a newsletter, make sure that you have the systems in place that they are getting consistent content. Yeah, and you know, the newsletter can be something that you're doing in follow-up, but it isn't a great lead magnet. It's not that immediate, quick win, wow factor that compels someone to sign up. But your newsletter is absolutely something that you should send to people who have expressed interest in your organization, um, along with some sort of more strategic nurture sequence where you're trying to walk them into becoming a donor, becoming a member, becoming a sponsor, something that's strategically planned around that. But newsletters absolutely have a place. Right. And for me, you have the delivery email of your lead magnet. You have your nurture sequence, which is about three to five emails that really help with that no like and trust factor. They give a little bit more information about whatever the lead magnet was. Then you go into your a welcome sequence where you really start to acclimate people to your organization. And then you have your regular content. And for me, the newsletter is the regular content that you would put out. And regular content doesn't have to be weekly. It can be monthly. It can be quarterly. I wouldn't do it semi-annually or annually. (laughs) But it's something that you would get out very regularly. Yeah, if you wait six months or a year, people are going to completely forgot that they even signed up for your newsletters. So. Yeah, at least at least monthly. Yeah. So in the work that you've been doing with organizations, can you provide any examples of organizations that you think are using lead magnets well? Actually, I went yesterday on Google and started just Googling different organizations and everyone was sign up for the email list or the newsletter. There wasn't any of this stuff out there. So I brainstormed a few ideas to help your listeners start to get the juices flowing and start thinking about for them what could make a good lead magnet. So one of the things, an animal rescue could be, what do you need to adopt a puppy or a kitten? And this could be a checklist of supplies, an advocacy group, a petition for a timely issue, or like I said, the letters to the representatives. And I have seen where there are the larger 
nonprofits in the advocacy or the environmental that say that works really, really well for them. And then if you had an abuse cause, five signs your coworker or your neighbor is being abused, and then you list out the signs and where to find help. And of course, your nonprofit is going to be in that list of where to find help. And then one last one, like a kid's STEM organization, science, technology, engineering, math. If you use an old and easy lesson plan of a STEM activity that you've done, you provide the materials list, the instructions, your pro tips to help make the lesson successful. That could be a really great download. And you're going to be getting people who are interested in STEM topics and have children to do this with. And so that's really what you want the lead magnets to do is to get those people who are already somewhat interested in your topic and bring them into your cause. You know what I like about the examples that you just ran through, Alicia, is that when you think about them, they really aren't that hard to create. And a lot of organizations are probably already doing things like this on their blog, or they're making them articles in their newsletter. And it's really just a matter of repurposing some of those things. And instead of just putting it out on the blog or putting it in the newsletter, instead packaging it up in a way that is information that someone is actually requesting and receiving as a, a lead magnet. So it makes it feed more doable than having to completely create something brand new. Right. And if you have a question that you get asked over and over and over, create something, just a one page something that answers that question. And that can be one of your best lead magnets. You know, one of my first clients who went live on Journey Care, that's exactly what she did for the Foot and Meal Institute. Their lead magnet is a FAQs document that people can request and it's automatically sent out my email after they make the request and that person is on the mailing list and she can follow up with them with her nurture sequence. So yeah, it doesn't have to be super difficult to create something. Right. And and it doesn't have to be complicated. Don't make it complicated. Just make it easy and something that people want and you are gold. <laughs> so if someone wants to learn more about this topic, how should they connect with you? Well, you can connect with me on my website and I have a blog post about lead magnets. I have two Facebook groups that someone might want to come and look at. The first one is at the top small nonprofit leaders. And the second is the nonprofit fundraising success roadmap community. And then, of course, if you would like to join my fundraising membership, Nonprofit Nation, then anyone is welcome. And it's open year round. So you can get into it whenever it builds right for you. Oh, Alicia, those sound like great groups. I think those are going to be really interesting to the listeners today. So I will put links to all of those in the show notes and um, we'll make sure we get out the word. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you for sharing this information with us today and just giving people an opportunity to think a little differently about how they're trying to attract members, sponsors, donors into their communication pathways. Yeah. And thank you for having me. This has been a lot of fun. 
here, popping back in with just a few closing thoughts. If you are coming to the live training on Thursday, I will see you there. That's happening at noon central. And again, I'll be showing you in that session exactly how I would build a lead magnet in journey care. There's no cost to attend the training and replays of all of the sessions in the series are stored in a learning library inside journey care called the journey care passport. So if you're a journey care subscriber, you can find all of the recordings there. Next week, we have the perfect topic to follow up after lead magnets, and that is nurture campaigns, because it really doesn't do any good to have a terrific lead magnet if you don't do anything to strategically connect with those who are downloading it and expressing interest. So I'll see you back here in seven days to talk about that care point. In the meantime, have a terrific rest of your week, and I will see you soon. Hey there, you made it all the way to the end. Bravo to you. I'm back in just one last time to remind you that there's a free one-page PDF available over at the website that shows you more than 20 ways that technology could be supporting your efforts to attract, engage, and retain more members. It's actually broken down into the stages of the member journey, so you'll know exactly where each piece fits. And everything that's on that one pager can actually be automatically done for you with software that costs less than $1,000 per year. So if you haven't already grabbed it, you can get your copy at joyofmembership.com slash tech, joyofmembership.com slash tech, T-E-C-H. Have a great week and I'll see you next time.